I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, Nick. Hey, sorry for the delay, man. No, no worries. I got Ryan here as well. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's not too bad, brother. How's everything by you? Busy, I'm sure. Busy, busy. Yeah, That's we it, just man. got yeah, done with a big factory meeting, and it was supposed to be three hours and ended up being nine. Oh, Ain't Jesus. That. That's fun. But it was good. A lot of progress. How are you guys doing? Man. Um. Ryan, we're, go ahead. We're surviving, man. It's the it's the COVID crisis, man. We're surviving, thriving, and surviving. That's it. All in one, all in one shot, just like everybody else. Yeah, I'm on yeah. a two week quarantine right now because somebody I was with on Friday tested positive. So now I'm not oh, allowed man. to go to school for two weeks. <laughs> so where? Are, so yeah. both of you guys are teaching and coaching. Yeah, yep. yeah. We're both teaching, awesome. middle, we're both middle school teachers coaching high school. Oh, so that is so cool. It's just wild, man. It's wild. But, man, I, I, I'm excited for you guys, man. You're killing it. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's so funny, really too. Yeah, man. It's so funny. Like, I mean, I was talking to a couple people, and I was like, man, I remember when that guy just picked up the phone, called me, told me about how they're doing these custom lacrosse balls, and I was like, this is awesome. Send me <laughs> some samples. Let's be a part of it. And I'm like, and, and look at where he is now. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys like you that really made helped us feel like we got something here and we can really make it happen. So, well, it's sick, I right? I think, when, I think when, no, man. Anytime. I think when you when you originally called me, were you originally working out of your garage? Out of uh, so, let me think back. I mean, when I called you, it had to be twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was. I remember it. I remember you were one of the first ten accounts I sold. It was like <laughs> you, Salisbury, and somebody else, PBA, I think. And I was yeah. like, oh, I got these all these colleges working with me. Like we got this business. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, it was so funny. But I think I was, I think I was either um, in like a closet that I made into an office, uh-huh. or. Uh, or I was in my college lacrosse house. Yeah, it was. I remember you telling me, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. I I, I love it. It was I just, such I a lo- hustle. I, it was uh, such a hustle. Yeah, man, and look where you are now. That's awesome. That's yeah. sick. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, I I know you changed logos. Was it a different name when you guys first started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Blue Balls Lacrosse. Yes, 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 yes. BBL. Great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's 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 where I was in my life. I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was yep. it was pretty funny and you were in college uh, it's all good yeah and then, and then i really wanted this uh one of my college roommates so well i started the company when i was in or i had the idea when i was in high school but i didn't actually incorporate i think until i was at university of tampa and in between then i was at st john's yep and, i remember yeah or no, I, remember. I, I actually did it at st john's i was in the basement that's where i was i was in the basement at my lacrosse house in St. John's when I called you. Okay. That's exactly where I was, yeah. And you're probably and living in just, Queens. Living in Queens, yeah, and I was just hammering the phone 
after practice and after school. And uh, that's so funny, man. Yeah, and then I, when I moved down to University of Tampa, because I was trying to pre-sell some balls yep. before I bought the first container. And so I had samples made and sent out to some colleges that who I could get on the phone. I think you were one of them. Yeah. And then that way we had pre-sold like like half of the container before it got there so we could afford to actually buy the container. Yep. And then uh when I moved down to Tampa one of my roommates was uh he was a goalie at Delaware and I played travel ball with him growing up and I convinced him to come to UC too. I was like me, Connor Whipple, I don't know if you guys yep. know him. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I I grew up playing against him. We so it was me, Connor, this kid Nick Martin, who was a goalie at Delaware, this kid Chris Vetter, who transferred from Towson. Yep. This kid Ryan Vela, who was supposed to go to Cuse. And then uh, one other, uh, Hopkins, uh, Mikey Moe, who, who was an attackman at Hopkins, mm-hmm. a Hill guy. So we had this house full of like Division One guys that were coming down to play at Tampa. So I convinced my buddy, who was a goalie at Delaware, to come down. And he was like in investment banking. He was way smarter than me. And uh, I was trying to get him to come on board with this like blue balls lacrosse. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, this is the real deal. Like, I'm not joking around. I'm selling colleges. Like, I've got this. It's a good idea. And he's like, no way. Will I ever work for a company called Blue Balls Lacrosse? And I'm (laughs) like, dude, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. And uh, then, like, a year later, I was like, dude, I need you. Come on. And look at all these sales we got. Now, we had sold, like, a half million probably by that point. And dude, it's a small world, man. It is a small it really world. Is. It is just, I still have – I think I have um, – before I left LMU, I mean, I made sure of it. I have uh, – I still have a couple of those original BBL balls. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's I so kept, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely keep those bad boys because – when we really are competing with Nike and Under Armour in five, ten years from now, those things are going to be worth some coin. Yeah, man. Well, listen, it's a, it was a, it was a great thing, man, because you want to know why every time somebody would come to LMU, I mean, that's, you know, like we had a game, you know, we ha- I mean, I forget how many cases we bought that year, but whatever. I mean, we would have to have, you know, 60 balls on the field for every single game. I mean, the refs would be like, where did you get these? These are awesome. You guys are no joke. And I'd be like, yeah, man, there's a company down in Florida that's doing <laughs> this. And then, I mean, we told, I think I told everybody that was in the sack, I'm like, hey, you got to do this. And I think there's a couple of schools now in the sack that actually do the custom balls through you guys. Yeah, that's so wild. You wouldn't believe how big time Ryan thought he was when he sent me a picture of a custom ball. He's like, look at this. We never had this before. Because <laughs> I used to be Ryan's GA deal. and like we were really just scraping by and then oh, he sent me and, these and, pictures of custom and balls. And I was like, look at the- you. Well, the budget you they gave me. You schmuck. The you budget, have custom balls. The budget they gave me down there, I could do whatever the hell I want. That's yeah. awesome, man. Congrats. That's, That's great. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Hey, congrats to you, man. It's awesome. It's uh, it's so awesome to see just how in a short period of time, just how uh, how much the business has grown and changed and, you know, everything you guys are doing right now with, um, you know, you, you've, you've shifted over from balls to now to other hard goods. I mean, it's sick, man. It's sick. Yeah, I appreciate. Fortunately, we saw the writing on the wall like three years ago and started pivoting. And um, the first pivot to sticks and goals worked 
to a degree, but mm-hmm. it was a much slower burn than we thought it was going to be. And so we had to come up with something else. And we looked in the market and really basketball, soccer, football, across the board, what's the biggest problem youth programs have? Ordering fan gear and uniforms is a freaking nightmare for these guys. Yep. And that pivot, which took us like two years to develop the supply chain and to automate the front end and back end, uh, I mean, that's been such a game changer. We launched three months ago, and I would say 50% of our sales now are apparel. It's, it, it's wild because, I mean, we've all felt that problem before. And like you said, you, you're able to, it took a couple of years to build it out, but you're able to simplify that process for everybody else. You're able to provide massive orders for your suppliers, which then just makes their jobs easier. And so you streamline the whole process and took a few people out of the, out of the chain there. And now we don't have to make online stores ourselves or choose a different company every year that's offering a new deal. Or, you know, I remember still handing out order forms on paper. The worst. And then you lose a check. And all that stuff. It's moronic. I wish our suppliers loved it. Our suppliers (laughs) are all, it took me a hundred. I had a cold call a hundred factories in the U S to find and convince one that bulk manufacturing custom products is not the future. It's (laughs) going to be, small batch yep single one-off fully custom drop shifts right to the parent store and if you don't do it the 99 people i called one of them's going to call me back and they're going to do it and then they're going to jump you and finally somebody was like all right we'll give it a shot and incredible they thought and we just spent nine hours with them and they were like you guys have no idea this is amazing blah 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 we were going to do i told them we were going to do easily ten thousand pieces next year or in the first 12 months we're on pace to do at least thirty thousand and we'll probably do fifty thousand that's awesome and uh, we're expanding the program. We're going to offer it probably in multiple sports a lot sooner than we thought um, okay. because it's just such a game changer. And we've already been asked by massive football program, 2,000 kids, baseball, soccer. They've, these programs have that are part of a bigger association that has lacrosse under it. We did the lacrosse deal, and now all of the other sports want to do it. So do you solve such a fundamental problem? Right. Do you see yourself keeping that under like the signature pro uh, signature brand, or are you going to parse that out to, are you going to have a new line that isn't so lacrosse specific to, to cover all the new sports that you're bringing? We're still figuring that out. Um, we won't do any other sports under signature lacrosse. Right. Um, all of our apparel signature athletics. Okay. Um, smart. And we're just, we, we have signaturesports.com. We have signaturelocker.com. We have some broader. So you're ready. Yeah, you're ready for this. But it's, it is a delicate, like from a brand perspective, we've, we are lacrosse players. Like that's what we do. My wife runs a nonprofit youth program. You got a travel program. I coach U10. I've done it for the last 10 years. That's lacrosse is what we do. And we love the game and it's, it's a freaking awesome game but at the end of the day i love all sports i'm a big fan i love playing all sports and the more kids have the opportunity to experience sports and the power of sports the better the world's gonna be 
So Absolutely. if we can help make that possible for more kids, we, we are going to. And well, uh, this seems like the clearest path. Yeah, it's simple economics. I mean, yeah, you love sports, but you're also, at the end of the day, a businessman. And the more money your company makes in all sports, it all leads back to you being able to give more of that back, if you wanted to, to a sport yeah. like lacrosse. And and so it's beneficial in the long term to whatever you're passionate about by doing good business. And some of the things that we're doing to, because the company's vision, which is our biggest differentiator, is our culture and the alignment our team has around the vision of making sports more accessible. And so how we're able to accomplish that through the signature partner program and the team store model, every first year player that comes through a program who's a partner of ours and has signed a three-year agreement, every first year player gets a free junior stick. And our junior sticks are, we went over to China, we taught them how to pass, how to catch, how to play wall ball, what the stick was going to be used for. And then we have a 250-page quality control manual. Another thanks to Noxy for explaining quality control and what it all means <laughs> and how it all works. And I mean, we thought we had a really dialed-in process um, because we're making balls and we wanted to make a better ball. But there are so many layers to quality control. Um, that like three-layered quality control process and having tolerance levels for acceptance rates and rejection rates and um, corrective action forms. And I mean, it's our quality management system now is insane. It's like, it's probably at least 300 pages. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you definitely, I mean, it seems like you guys are destined for growth and, you know, you started off, I think you said, you, you had sold half of a container before you had moved down to Tampa. And obviously that gave you the confidence to keep this whole thing moving along. And, and now I think I read that you're, you guys are valued at, you know, 10 million or close to $10 million. So yeah, it, it's been quite a ride. And, and bit with that, I saw your, your piece on lax all-stars that you did about, you know, all the things that you're working on and, and kind of the mission and the culture of the company. But, you're you're now starting to to raise money and uh what is that money going to be used for and how how do people get involved with that yeah it's really all scaling the uh the team store model um we have a pretty simple flywheel the more contracts we sign uh the more we're able to invest in new products the more we're able to invest in new products the more we're able to offer uh, the parents and players in the programs that we sign. Um, we also, the more programs we sign, the more feedback we can get from the market, from the parent, the player, the coach. And that's our whole product development process is what's the problem in the market? How can we solve it? Okay. And so to find the problem in the market, you've got to talk to the people in the market. I was able to figure out the ball thing because I played. The goal thing, Coach Whipple down in Tampa, who I'm sure you guys know because he's mm -hmm. got an incredible legacy. Um, he had me string up a goal. It's 110 degrees. It's 100 degrees out. It feels like 120 on the turf. I'm an hour into it. I've strung the goal halfway. It's a freaking nightmare. And so how can we make that better? Well, we made a net. You screw it right into the goal frame. It takes 10 minutes instead of two hours. <laughs> 
There you go. And then the sticks, the sticks suck. You get a stick off the shelf or order it online, and I couldn't play with it, and I played Division One lacrosse. So, uh, so we solved that problem. So, um, it's all about finding the problems in the market, um, and we were able to do that because we were players and because we're coaches. But as we scale, um, getting the market involved and getting our clients involved, some of our best ideas have come from clients. I was just on the phone with a, a smaller, much smaller company that's kind of entering the market and and they had some interesting training tools and I, I was just throwing ideas at them. I was like, you know what? That would be great. This would be great. You could make it a little bit more like this. This is what I would use it for as a coach. And they're like, that's, that's incredibly helpful because, you know, we haven't, we haven't coached very long or at all. And we don't think about it from that angle. And I'm like, I mean, that's, that's why you need to ask people. And it's so hard for people to ask. Everybody thinks that they know what, you know, and even us, like as coaches, sometimes we just, we think we know a certain way of doing things and that's the only way we do it until the light bulb goes off or until we get the brakes beaten off of us and we have to figure out a new way. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I think it's just hard for everybody to ask for help or, and even, mm -hmm. even if it's for your own good, you know, people yeah. just don't want to do it, but. You guys know it best being teachers. Yeah, man. You, you got to get that feedback. You know, I mean, you have to give the people what they want, right? Otherwise, they're going to stop buying. Yeah. How can people get involved? Startengine.com. Um, Which I'll link. I'll link below. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are probably going to close the round in the next, like, third, uh, either the next 15 days or the next. Uh, 60 days depending okay. if we extend the campaign or not but um or extend the raise or not but um yeah we're we're looking for people who want to make the sport better and more accessible and but um all the class a shares are with the founding team and yeah. the reason is we don't ever want to give up control of the vision we have such a clear vision we know we want to grow sports. We know some decisions we make are not going to be in the interest of the bottom line and are going to actually be in mm -hmm. the interest of our vision. And in no way, mm -hmm. shape, or form do I want a private equity firm or a venture capital firm to tell me, no, you can't give free sticks to every first-year player. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah once, you, once you take on investors like that that think that they make decisions because they kind of do, then you have, have to start to, to change. Yeah. yeah. You have to start to change how you run things and do that. And we don't want to do that. And in the long run, we know that that'll lead to a way bigger and a way better company. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as long as you can give up on your vision, you know, you just got to hold on to that no matter what, because that's what happens to every little guy that gets bought up by a big guy is you end up basically selling out, not, not in the fiscal sense, but, you know, your culture goes away. There's no way to keep all exactly. that. Exactly. 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 So, and you know, from coaching college, it's the culture is the most important thing you have. Yeah. You can make absolutely. a good team great if you have an awesome culture. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've seen very talented teams not, not do very well because they're just not on the same page. So uh, I will ask you though, before we wrap up, so what was, you know, what was the moment you knew that you could stop going to college and college wasn't maybe the right fit for you at the moment and you could do this full time? 
I sat in a mentor, a meeting with a mentor, Jamie Agassi, who's been a good mentor of mine for five years now. And in a 30-minute meeting, I learned more than I learned all semester. And that was when I knew. Yeah, and I think, like like Ryan was indicating with the whole business thing and how many of these professors have actually practiced what they preach, when you meet with a mentor like that that has the experience but also can speak to your situation very specifically, yeah, they can definitely fine-tune that. You know, Like you said, you learn more in a half hour, and, and a lot of that I'm sure has to do with with the fact that he knew what you were doing and what you're going through and he saw your numbers and, and he could relate every piece of information directly to you. And you, you absorbed every single bit yeah. of it as opposed to sitting in a classroom, which is great for learning fundamentals and, and terminology. But at some point you have to put that into to real life or else it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. So. And it might help for the article or for the pod. Uh, he was uh Harvard lax guy and then uh he was the founder of uh when he was at I think Procter and Gamble he founded Swiffer and Fabrice. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, really, really awesome guy and great player back in the day. I'll have to definitely add that in somewhere. Um cool. Is there anything else you wanted to add in or um obviously I'm going to link all your socials. I mean, you know the you know the deal. Yeah. It, yeah, it's... the website. Yeah, and just a thank you to everybody who's helped us get to this point and for their continued support and we've got a really great opportunity to really really make a a big impact and uh we're really excited for the future. But something we always do on every episode is I got to ask you, you know, you travel a ton, not, not so much for lacrosse as a, as a player or a coach anymore, but now, you know, in business, but what's, what's the place that you go to, you know, the one spot, maybe it's in Tampa, maybe it's, it's in Queens. I have no idea, but what's your favorite food spot that you just, you know, you have to go to the foodie in you knows that if you're in that town, you have to go to that one specific spot. The banana cream pie at Burns Steakhouse. Okay, and where's that? The home run. It's in Tampa. Okay, it's the best. It's the best dessert you'll ever eat. All right. Well, my parents have a place in Fort Myers, so I'll have to go to Tampa in February yeah. when I head down, and I'll have well, to check it out. Well, when you're down here, definitely give me a call, and we'll link up. That sounds good. All right, man. We really appreciate awesome. your support.